welcome to The Sanctuary, a safe space to speak from the hearts. I'm your host, Israel, and my guest today is creator, designer, podcaster. I mean, you do so many things, Hotsamang. Hotsamang Mvula, thank you for coming to The Sanctuary today. Thank you for welcoming me and inviting me as well. Awesome. Okay, so I was just listing all the things you did and I ran out of space on my hand. Um, <laughs> I guess let's start for you. Which of these things you do, which one started first? I guess which was the first thing you really um, felt like was your calling? I started writing from the very young age of 11. And as I was so much introverted, I couldn't speak much. I couldn't voice out my opinions or my feelings or my thoughts. So I went into writing from that space, from having to read a lot and also to also share my opinions the way others share their opinions. So it mm-hmm. going to the space of poetry, to writing motivational talks, to writing blogs, and now I'm doing it as a career in terms of a content creator and mm-hmm. diversifying it into marketing, podcasting, film and TV, and also into the creative space all in all. Wow. So writing is, I love writing too. What about words apart from, you know, not expressing yourself and stuff, but you were expressing yourself through your writing. So what about words did you love? I guess it it, it was all about having to, to be sincere, honest, without being judged in terms of having to voice out your thoughts rather than having to talk to someone and that same person doesn't have the same context of the things that you're saying or the things that you're feeling. But the paper does not say anything back. It just loves you. It just allows you to feel free, actually, to be you and be whatever that you want to be in that space, in that moment. As writing is, is a is a moment of describing things at the current space, at the current moment so would you say that um you know you prefer writing on paper versus like typing on your phone or on a computer i prefer writing on paper that's uh, <laughs> even even now i have a bunch of notebooks <laughs> and people will say to me that no you should advance into digital space it's the same with reading as well i prefer paperback than having to do ebooks so for, to <laughs> me it's it's more of uh, the authenticity that comes with it because mm. you you write as things come to you in terms of digitally you sometimes get distractions. For example, if you're on your phone, something can just come up and then, oh, I need to do this. Oh, I need to do that. With writing (laughs) on paper, it's just you and the paper. It's just Mm. you and your voice. That thing that distracts you to be able to continue. So the writing is um, more of a therapy and also a conversation as well with the paper, even though like a chew on talk back, but then uh, it gives Mm -hmm. you space. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I'm always envious of people that have great handwriting because my handwriting sucks. So that's why I prefer typing because sometimes I'll write something. I have like those doctor's handwritings and sometimes I might write something (laughs) and I wouldn't even see what I'll like. What was I trying to say here? And I have to read it all to try and make sense of what I was saying. So personally, I prefer typing. Well, okay, so you did writing, and how did you get into, like, the whole film and TV thing? 
Oh, so I was writing. Um, but actually, I was not from a writing space. In my high school, I was more of a math person. I still love mathematics, actually. So um, I did mathematical sciences after high school. And I dropped out due to some issues. But then I stayed home for like a year or two just to uh, find myself again. So a friend of mine uh, told me that I should go into journalism because I write so well. I was like, okay. I didn't see that because to me, it was a, a space of writing and portraying or speaking out loud into the paper. So she was mm. like, you should go to into journalism. And then that's when I went to, to Boston Media House to study um, uh, multimedia and in terms of like BBA in media operations management. But then I only mm. did one year and then that's when I, I ventured into um, the internships in terms of film. I started feeling film and TV. That was my first role in media. So I did all the breakout things. I was not in front of the camera because I was not much expressive. Also, as a writer, I was more of writing articles and also into social media as well. Mm. So that was the space that uh, brought the foundation into my writing space and it led to other things as well. Mm. Mm. What are some of the other things it led to? So from film and TV, I went into production, from production mm. into uh, broadcasting. Official something I never learned. Official is very, very uh, challenging and also a learning curve in terms of how to learn uh, the technical side of film and TV and mm. also into production, how to also balance writing scripts and also spontaneously interviewing people, asking them questions that are based on the questions that were asked during the interview. So you had to be always on your toes. So that mm -hmm. also gave me a platform in terms of having to write spontaneously to talk without having to have a script as well. That's what uh, also gave a foundation into my podcasting as I didn't script the the, uh, the podcast. I just gave a treatment to it. This is the headline. This is what I'm going to talk about. And I just went with the flow. Wow. Wow. Okay, before we continue with the writing and the film thing, let's talk about the design thing because you also do some of that too, right? Yes. So the design thing, um, actually drawing was my first love before writing. It's something I didn't <laughs> mention before. So yeah, <laughs> yeah so I, I, I first uh, fell in love with, write, with drawing rather uh, from a very young age as my uncle was a visual artist. So I mm. drew inspiration from that and... Even like in high school, when it was time for like science projects, I'd do more of the creative stuff than having to do the writing stuff. So designing came from that concept in terms of balancing my writing and also bring back that love for, for drawing, but in terms of digital spaces, the creative mm -hmm. space, and also um, collaborating with graphic designers. As most in most cases, it'd be like having to conceptualize something and they do the, the, the advanced stuff. And sometimes it's more of me handling my own projects and being able to uh, conceptualize and implement them in mm. case of the, the brief that I was given or if, the, if there's a client that would love that, I'd be able to, to deliver. And uh, when did he go from drawing on paper to using uh, digital forms, uh, media to design? So I bought myself an, an iPad uh, as a birthday gift. So I found this app called Procreate on, on Apple. 
So I downloaded that app and it gave me insights in terms of designing digitally, drawing digitally actually. And then came Canva. Before Canva actually, there was Photoshop and Illustrator. So even now I'm still trying to uh, remaster that uh, craft because it's it's forever developing. It's not stagnant. It's not always in one position. There's always something that comes with it. So there's user experience that comes with it. So it's it's overall multimedia having to understand what, what goes into the process of design and what influences mm. it as well. And what is your own process when it comes to designing? Like, you know, I'm a client. I come through, I say, hey, Hotseman, I want this thing. What happens from then? With the post of design, it's more, it's actually the same as writing. You learn about what the client actually wants. You do research in terms of the tones and what they'd love to uh, portray in terms of their brief and also with their brand, if there's a brand or organization, if it's an organization. And then you develop into that with communication with the client while you mm. do while you're doing the research and then from then on there's execution. Execution is basically understanding what the client wants with the approval and being able to execute the the design well in terms of the tone and the brand identity going along with that. If they do have a brand identity. If they do not have a, a brand identity, that's when you go into the context of understanding what they do want and which colors will uh, correlate with them. Or if you don't know what about the colors, then you'll mm. do the research and inform them these are the colors that are correlate with the organization or branding that you'd love to achieve with that uh, logo or design. Mm. And then you give them two options. And then they'll decide which one uh, will work for them. And then you develop on that. Wow. How long would it take on an average? It depends. Wise? So um, it depends. So the the client average the average client would actually request something that's for like an organization, mostly NPOs. So it's roughly about two weeks as as most of the time it's about having to also manage other clients and your own project as well. So mm. you need to have to be realistic with that. Mm. So it's not about just having to say, oh, I'll do this tomorrow without having to be uh, understanding what you're really doing. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing mm -hmm. as writing because you cannot just write about something without understanding what you're trying to achieve with that piece of uh, mm. writing. So it's... Yeah. It's more of um, having to have a layout of how you're going to do that and along with the timeline. Wow. Busy person. Okay, so let's, we've, we've <laughs> kind of hinted a bit about the podcasts, right? Let's just dive right into it. Um, with the podcasts, how did that start? And also the name, the DR, what's the story there? Okay, the podcast actually came uh, as a space of, it's more like writing, but in through, through the voice, right? Mm. So um, the depressions really encompasses the the context of mental health, but also That's through, the DR, right? Yes, the depressions, mental health through the things that we perceive. So it's not deeply into mental health, mental health but perceptions. So mm. per per perceptions that affect how we see things that contribute towards mental health, right? Mm. So we 
I actually, I won't say we because I was working on it on my own. So I basically um, took the key elements of life, which is life, uh, the brain, the body, of which is something that uh, people perceive as as a structure that you're not supposed to dress like this, you're supposed to do that. And also mm. with love and how people are supposed to love with time, time as a construct and also with wealth and how, pe- how people perceive wealth of which is one of the contexts of the seven episodes that I did. So it was more about having to do the abstractions of the mind as my brand Hoiti does mention. So it, mm. we go into the abstractions of things that we face on a daily basis, but we unwrap it on a different angle. So we go from a perception that someone wouldn't think of, but they actually do say it, but some of them, they do mm. try to like, probably ignore it. So it's more of that case. So I did um, put a pause on it. However, uh, I'll be soon uh, reviving it in terms of the direction with the same context, but different direction and also an addition with uh, guests as I was the only person in it. So it's more of having to expand it into a conversational type of contextual podcast and also be able to have other people's opinion based on Mm. certain topics and topics that are also in line with uh, the mindset, mental health, and also how we see things, how we write things, how we think, how we voice our opinions. Wow. 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 That's like a lot. (laughs) That's a lot. Yeah. Um, talking about abstractions of the mind and the DR, your podcast, one thing that also comes true to me in your writing and most of your work is how important mental health is to you. Where did that start from and why is it also really important to you? Okay, it's important, it's important to me as I've been through like having to deal with um, anxiety and depression as well. So with the writing, the writing also helped. For my young age, actually, I didn't realize it until I actually wrote about it, that I've been through this and this is how I've been managing uh, or dealing rather with it. So it's more of having to understand how your mind operates, what are the triggers and how you behave towards those triggers. So I did um, an article with Shields Africa that I used to contribute from 2016 until 2020. So at that time, I, I had gone through a phase where I wasn't writing and I spoke to the editor and then she told me, no, you can write about what you're going through, actually. And then that's when I was like, okay, let me just write. Um, but this doesn't have to be like a general writing type of form. Then I went into re- rereading The Art of War by Sanzu. I don't know if you know that book. So yeah. that book actually yeah, inspired... All right. That book actually inspired me to to direct the type of writing for the context of what I wanted to achieve with that article. Mm. So I still go back through that, to that article even now because um, it actually directs me when I feel low and when I want to actually motivate someone, as I do mentor young, um, actually mentor young young kids in, in my community. I won't say community because most of them, they don't live around where I stay, but I meet them online. I meet them through gigs. I meet them in, 
in the taxi, I meet them anywhere that is possible. So they do reach out as well. So mentorship is just about having to understand that. So I do use that article to help those young kids as well because they do go through a lot as well. So the mental health case was more of having to understand that. And it's it's actually a structure that I used to just, like it's a discovery where you uncover where what you're going through through mm. that uh, article and then you do the discovery through the discovery that's when you analyze what what happens when you ha- when you're dealing with either depression or anxiety or whatever issue that has to do with mental health it is broad and there's there so many things that are involved in there as I wouldn't go deeper into it mm. but then it's more of a the onion peel. So you're going deeper into the core of things. And then from then on, that's when you realize that, okay, these are the triggers. So if you understand the triggers, that's when you master how you react to things. That's how you master how you think because thoughts are more important to towards your mental health. What you think also portrays what you see, what you attract and what you want to believe as well. Mm. Wow. Um, you know, it's like, I love how when you answer a question, you kind of lead me to where I wanted to go. I want to talk about the mentorship because that's something that also came up. What mm-hmm. I pulled you to that, to mentor, to becoming a mentor? Okay, with mentorship, I actually didn't uh, just decide with it. So it just came about with uh, this young kid called Joseph we met through Mixit, when it was still on its uh, latest stages of uh, going out. So we were, play- we were playing this game called, called Battle Trivia. So I was, I was like having a dictionary and the things that I know more. So he, he just one day uh, inboxed me and asked me, how do I know all these things? And I was like, no, I, I, I read a lot. I watch informative shows. I don't just watch TV. So mm-hmm. that's how we started. Then I asked him where he stays. He stays in Pumalanga, it's another province here in South Africa. So um, he told me about that. And then after that, he told me that uh, he does science subjects and geography. I was like, okay, these are subjects that I did in high school, actually. And if you're struggling with anything, I'd be happy to help. And that's how he started. And we're still communicating, actually, even now. And that this was back in... I think it's 2012 or 13, if I'm not mistaken. He was still in grade 10 at that time. Hmm. And he advanced into metric. He, I do, it did help him where he was struggling, especially with English, with the writing. If not, if it was not 2014, as now he is doing his BTEC, of which is close to like an honors. So um, he did matriculate and I was, I did help him with application. I did tell him that you don't have to really go into the famous universities for you to, to be able to further your studies as it did pass well. Then mm-hmm. I advised him to, to go into technological facilities like your um, University of Technologies, things like that. And then I did communicate with him. He graduated eventually in mechanical engineering and um after that he went on further to do internship then he he's now i think he's finished last year with his b tech and he's nice. now working he's now in an internship and 
most importantly, it's more of alignment to boys, as there's another one who did his metric in 2021, and I've been mentoring him since then. I met him through a taxi, so I think it's more of alignment into what you want to do that mm. also makes you to attract the people that want to achieve the things that you have the resources or it doesn't have to be financial or anything but it has to be the time the men the, the mindset and also the the spirit for it as well mm, mm, mm. are there any you know uh, at least with the mentorship any i guess difficulties yeah when i'm going through a lot um i don't have like sometimes it's more of have you don't reach out and also with them when they're going through a lot or when things happen to them they they don't reach out so it's more of mm. a two-way street so when you're stuck and they're stuck it's hard to to have a communication <clears throat> foundation or platform rather or reach mm. out platform so that we can be able to communicate or address the issues so it mm. happens when they come back and then they talk about those things then there's a catch up to it, but then eventually you get the hold of it and then you move forward. Um, okay, so we've kind of navigated some of the things you did, touched mm -hmm. uh, the podcast, your design, your writing. Um, now, you know, I know you're a busy person and I'll let you go very soon, but I want to look forward into some of the things you have planned because you said you are looking to, um, do new episodes of the podcast. What are some things we should expect coming in the future for Hotzman? Again, the, in the, uh, in the future, in the near future, rather, uh, the podcast is coming back and something else that's a podcast as well in terms of, um, bridging the gap between clients and businesses. So it's more of a podcast, but a corporate uh, podcast that targets uh, businesses, small businesses rather, in the community or rather in the context of those that, that don't have the reach out for the clients or rather the, um, the marketing that they'd love to receive. So with that, um, we move forward into the business of which houses, which houses the, the entire creative uh, production processes and being able to offer those services to them, including the podcast. So it's more of a um, in-house deal that has to offer those packages in terms of podcasting as a package and also marketing with that. And yeah. There's, there's more to it, and I wouldn't spill out all the beans <laughs> at the moment, but there's, there's there's a lot to look out to in the near future. And with mentorship as well, I'm working with um, a few friends of mine who have an NPO. I'm part of it as well, so we're doing uh, digital digital or rather technological education so we'll also be offering uh, those services for free in terms of um, giving them the opportunity to, to have access to information that they need through webinars and also with training from people like you in terms of how to run a business, how to create a podcast, things like that. So yeah, uh, those are the things that um, I'm looking forward to in the near future. Wow. You have a lot to do. Okay, I'm going to let you go with this question. 
with all the experiences you've built over the years and stuff, um, there's someone out there watching or listening to the podcast today and they're like, oh, so I have all these things I want to do. How do I know what to focus on or should I just do it all? What would you say to that person? Do it one, one thing at a time. Yes, I didn't do it all, all, all at the same time. I started with writing and I just focused on that. And if it leads you to somewhere, just go there and focus on that. And if it develops into something else, develop into it with a mindset of the goal that you'd want to achieve. Don't do it mindlessly, but do it mindfully. What's up, man? I'm so excited having you in the sanctuary today. Thank you so much for sharing and for giving me your time. Super, super grateful. Thank you very much for hosting me. <laughs>